You are listening to the iFanboy.com Pick of the Week podcast, episode 177, sponsored by Shiguru Death Frenzy, by Funimation, and Discount Comic Book Service. Fix it and still care. Can I run and you'll be there? Wishing I could run and hide. Hello. Hi. This is the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast. You That's may, where I'm listening to you. you. Well, you may have just heard that a moment ago, yeah. actually. <laughs> Episode 177. I, I love like, those guys. Yeah. <laughs> I like their early work better. My name's Josh Flanning, and I'm here with, over there, that's... Uh, I'm Connor Kilpatrick. And of course, right here... I'm Ron Richards. Ron Richards. We're going to hear more from you in a minute, I believe. Yes. iFanboy.com is our website. It's a website devoted to comic books, the sweet, sweet science. Does that, that mean might... I'm done? Yes, actually, yeah. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you may yeah. go. We just uh, fired Connor. Uh, nice. Every week, we all read a whole lot of comic books, and one of us picks the best one. We call that the pick of the week. They write a review... On a Wednesday night, of course, every Sunday we release this Pick of the Week audio podcast where we talk about that book and other books from the week and, and other stuff. We do letters. We do uh, tricks. I'll do a voice every once in a Is this going to be the whole show? Yeah, it's just going to be me. If you guys can just hang back and let <laughs> me right. finally do my thing. Because um, that's what everybody wants before to do. Before we get dream. To, before we, hey, half the people out there love it. Other half will never half? listen again. Third? <laughs> Let's be generous. Say I'll a third. Go, I'll go with 60%. 60? Um, yeah, 70%. And ninety-two If you haven't read your books, all of them, if you haven't read your books yet, uh, we're going to be talking about the books from this last week, so we don't want to spoil them for you, so make sure you read them first, and then come back here and listen to this whole show so you can enjoy it more fully. Or, you know what? Throw caution to the breeze. Fuck it. Throw caution to the breeze? To the wind? Caution to the wind wind are, in fact, synonyms. True. Good point. The thing (laughs) is, though, if you're throwing to the breeze, you're not quite being as adventurous because the breeze is light. Listen, it's it's comic books, not war. (laughs) Speaking of war, the pick of the week this week was my responsibility, and I stepped up to it, and I chose the Umbrella Academy Dallas issue number five. Like you accomplished. And I stepped up to the task. (laughs) I did it. The call went out. (laughs) I said... I will do this. Uh, the Umbrella Academy is uh, it's written by Gerard Way and art by Gabriel Ba. This is the second second mini series in this in the series. Um, the first volume has been out in trade for a while, and I know I read it in issues. You read, read it in trade, trade, right? And did you ever have you read it? Yet? I read the trade. You read the trade. Okay. I wrote a review on the site. Collect- the other one you don't go to. Collectively, I can't remember everything we write. Um, it was a week ago. Collectively, <laughs> <laughs> collectively, what do we think of it? The Loved Umbrella it. Academy. Loved the first. Yeah. It was great. What was it yeah. called? The something sweet, something like that. Apocalypse sweet. Yeah, 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 it was really, really, really good. It's funny because this book carries such a stigma over Gerard Way. I was waiting for the standard disclaimer. Yeah, exactly. As as I ranted in my review on iFanboy.com about that, where it's like I don't want to. I don't want to start this like, well, you know, I was really skeptical about this because he's the singer for My Chemical Romance, but... No one told me they were the most hated band in the world. I, I know literally... They, and they sell a lot of records. Yeah. You know, like, is, if uh, you were to play, like, like band uh, music from three popular bands right now, and one yeah. of them is My Chemical Romance, I couldn't tell you which one it is. Right. Like, I don't know what they sound like. And I the have funny, no... And the funny thing is, is that if you played three songs from three popular bands, My Chemical Romance would probably be the one that I liked, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, they were the song at the end of Watchmen. Yeah, the, yeah. The, yeah like... Don't go the other way on it. No, like, no, no. They're a great band. Band. They're great. No, I never I listened to them. early work best, but... Well, because they're on a major, so I never listened to them. They're also but. certainly way worse. <laughs> I knew oh I'd get that you, from you. You, <laughs> you can't see it, but I rolled my eyes in such a powerful hardcore, way. Hardcore, hardcore. But I just didn't realize that, like, that was such an issue. It's such an issue. Yeah. It's really kind of startling. And I feel really bad because it's, it might be keeping some people from reading a really good comic book. He's, he's coming at this as a, almost a fully formed comic book writer. Yeah. 
Which is amazing. Yeah. And the, this issue really stood out for me the best because the, the, the storyline, it's a six-issue miniseries that's focusing around um, one of the, the, n- the number five of the Umbrella Academy. Well, let's back All it right, up yeah. and tell, explain what the whole premise of the book is because, again, less people haven't read it. There's a super team, basically, yeah. and you find out that there were all these orphans who have superpowers who were adopted by this father character. I can't remember his name. Yeah. Um, and they all have numbers. Or, like, there's one, two, three, four, five. And, like, you know, this, they're weird. You know, like, there's seance. They're raised like a family, but they're not right. actually related. They kind of don't yeah. like each other, and they're kind yeah. of assholes. They're all yeah. kind of Flawed. broken in well, some grew way. Well, they grew up screwed up. Right, because the father figure was a father shitty figure father was figure. awful, and so they grew up all those issues. He's playing yeah. them against each other, sort of like the Bluths. Yeah. Really, yeah. It's, like a, it's like a superhero version of the Bluths. That's almost. a very good, from Arrested Development. Yeah, that's sorry. A very good, that's um, a very good uh, analogy. And so, the first six issues talks a lot about how... They were as kids, and then what happens to them later, and their alliances, and the fractures between them, and all that stuff. Yep. And so, at the end of that, a lot of stuff is left really kind of up in the air. Yeah. And so, as we get into this, they have to go, and I don't even remember how this... Oh, okay. So, the one mysterious kid is like a time traveler killer, but he's also... He's a kid, and he, he never has an grew age, up. Yeah. Number right. five. Are you reading this miniseries? I, I just caught up. Oh, I had no idea. Okay, cool. Yeah, That's awesome. I just uh, I, I, I thought you were. After up. he read the trade, he liked it and he went and found all the back issues. Oh, awesome. awesome. Oh, yeah, you did at the con. Also I remember that. I do remember that. Yes. And what? Also in the article. I do remember that at the, at the convention. <laughs> I don't read yeah. the articles either. So. Um, I don't even write my articles. So, so, so what's happened now is that number five is going back to 1963 to assassinate President Kennedy. That's the that's the basic gist of this of this miniseries. Um, so already off the bat, you've got you've got you know family like dynamic of a team, kind of X Men y in my in the way I interpret it. You've got he's already bringing like a weird Mignola esque kind of weirdness to the whole title. I think he's his, throwing, his weirdness is very Morrison esque. Uh, that's a good point. Yeah, which is, I, he's not surprised because they're how big. Well, he's he's also a friend of Morrison. I, yeah. I see a lot of Morrison in this, but it's yeah. tempered. No, it's not. It's not like way out it's there, Morrison. Right. But it's, it's 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 a it's a very nice rendition of sort of a, a Morrison style comic book that I feel is a little little easier to grasp. I suppose. Yeah. And so this issue focuses on uh, is right after the fact that they're back in 1963, and two, uh, three of the bro- three of the brothers or teammates or whatever, um, Seance, uh, Kraken, and the, and the Kraken, 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 and the monkey guy, Space Boy. And Space Boy. Um, they went back in time to stop Number Five from assassinating Kennedy, but they overshot it when they back in time, and they've been in Vietnam for the past two years. Which I thought was like, I first I love time travel. So you put time travel in a story, and I'm I'm there. Like Quantum Leap, all those things. It's very heavy. The fact that they what is this strange fascination with the weight? <laughs> the fact that they um, go back in time and they end up in Vietnam. They they end up two years early from where they need to be, and totally across the world where they need to be is just kind of funny. Yeah. And time travel is not an exact science. It's, no, it's not. Not at all. <laughs> then you throw in the fact that there's rampant talking monkeys throughout this entire series. Which is never explained. Ne- never explained. They there's don't have always, to. They don't have to. There's just chimps yep. who are super intelligent, yep. and it's a fact of life. And then what happens is that they've kind of settled into their into an army. Uh, who is it? Uh, Kraken's kind of settled Kraken, into, Kraken. into a into an army role in this in Vietnam, leading an American squad as they are recovering the body of a mummy that used to rule in Vietnam, who's going to bring peace to the region. Never explain that either. Yeah. This all happened in between the issues, which I just I love. But that's the, that's what's yeah. great about it. Is, yeah. I mean, I'm not reading this series, but in general, the whole feel of it is. Yeah. There's, there's, you have to just take a lot of things on face value. And then there's and then they they run into some Viet Cong. But oh wait, it's not just normal Viet Cong, it's Viet Cong vampires, which is VCVs. just yeah, VCVs, which is just like <laughs> so. What, what I love about the what Gerard Way's done with the creating this universe is that he's created a world that is somewhat realistic, it's somewhat grounded in reality. But every now and then, there's just a slight tilt to the left. 
and yeah. and and that is just accepted as a given. Yeah, exactly. And plays it off to the point where it's totally believable and totally like you you buy into this whole universe. And that's what I thought was just really what's really unique about it. Well, the, the, the word I'd use to describe this book is fun. Yes, I mean it's yeah. lots of fun. It's yeah. imaginative. And it's imaginative, but, like crazy. But, but the thing that the other the other half of that though is that right now there's this there's this thing in comic books that happens where somebody will go, vampires who are Viet Cong, sign me up. Right. And I hate that. Yeah, exactly. Because it's so reductive, and it's like, that does not make a good story. So on the other side of it is that there are really interesting characters. These characters are all very interesting. Yep. Yep. And I think that's what works. And you, one of the other things you were talking about on this was, they don't explain stuff a little bit. Yep. He... He doesn't like have to. He doesn't. I mean, I guess that he doesn't explain everything. He makes the reader work for it a little bit, but not in an unpleasant way. But it's almost in that like he doesn't need to explain it. No, I know. He just goes, yeah. "This is this is this is this bit of information. Take it. We're moving on to the next thing." And it, it's it's nice. It's I don't. It's counter to the idea that you have to explain every little thing that happens in every panel. Every exactly. Time. Exactly. Um, but it's done elegantly so that I don't feel like I'm missing anything. You should yeah. talk about the art. The art, Gabriel Ba's art is just, I mean, he, I mean, they, they, Gabriel Ba and Fa Fabio Moon, the twin brothers from Brazil, have been kind of, they, they won a bunch of awards last year, and they're really starting to get, you know, noticed after their work in Casanova, and Fa Fabio Moon did uh, Smoking Guns, and, yep. and they're doing a lot of indie stuff. This is probably Gabriel Ba's biggest, kind of, the, the biggest book that he's doing right now. It's probably the biggest hit. And it is, and his art is just so, I don't know what it is about it, because it's like kind of cartoony. But then, but it's not like uh, it, the way he handles action is just very elegant. It's got a really and, good storytelling sense, and the yep. pages are very, very fluid. Yes. And and while it's crazy, his anatomy is still there, and his yep. storytelling yep. fundamentals are there. But he's also having a lot of fun with it. the The panels, you know, are dynamic and fun and dramatic, and it's, it's just it's good. But it doesn't look like anything else. Yeah, it, it's it's totally unique in what it does. In what in the way he depicts the story, in the way, and even with characters, I mean, like they're you know, like each character, like it's he's so got this, different yeah, he's got this art style where if you look at it really quickly, it might look like everything looks the same, but then if you look at every individual character, you notice that they're all so unique and so different, and it's almost deceiving in a way, like it's almost it's it's this it's disarming, you know. I don't know. It just it's I'm I'm just loving the series. This this one, this Dallas miniseries. I can't wait for you to read this one because it's totally. I'm surprised. Do the other covers say Dallas on them? Uh, I don't think so. It doesn't say Dallas on this cover. No, it, no, doesn't. it just says yeah. Umbrella Academy 5. Which is yeah. weird. Yeah. It's kind of confusing. Point. They should either put the subtitle or put a different volume number. But yeah, I'm really looking forward to when this comes out. Yeah. I loved the first trade. Yeah. So Umbrella Academy issue number 5, Dark Horse Comics. If, you're, if you haven't tried the Umbrella Academy, if you've got a problem with my chemical romance thing, just drop it. Pick up the first trade. This is going to be wrapped up with six issues um, soon. And you know that they're going to scramble to have the trade out yeah. probably by San Diego. They're quick about yeah. that, Dark Horse. Yeah, so I, I would definitely look for this trade probably like June or July. And it, it's this one, I mean... Time travel, Kennedy assassination, vampire Viet Cong, talking monkeys. Uh, you know, but don't do that. Don't go. No, See, right. what else do you need to know? Right. There's a great story with great exactly. characters going on. And but also, that what really... else do you need to know? Exactly. Honestly, though. No, yeah. no. Vampire Viet Cong. <laughs> no, I, I refuse. Undead Charlie. Ugh. That's <laughs> awesome. VCB. The other. I had that once. I had a shot. Clear right up. <laughs> The, uh, the other book that, that was very close to being Pick of the Week was Amazing Spider-Man number 589 for two reasons for me personally. Fred Van Lente's first, uh, this is his first Spider-Man issue? Yes. Oh my God. It was it, really good. It was really good. Yes. His script and everything was just amazing. 
It's funny because they just announced in the last issue that Spider-Man. it's amazing yeah. that there's new writers coming in. So I got a little nervous that there would be a drop off in quality. You know, I was you didn't know what to expect, but he really nailed this all yeah. the way around in the first issue. Lots of really funny stuff, lots of imaginative stuff. He's fighting the spot who controls these little interdimensional portals. He punched the spot. His hand would come out of another part of the spot's body. It was like it was very. It the was, spot's a character that I want almost want to make fun of, like typeface. But it's actually he, would, he depicted him in a really cool kind of manner yeah. and did a lot of really cool stuff with it. Those Russian mobsters that are mixed up in with the spot and and, and it's just it was just really fun good uh, stuff. The other interesting thing about this was that we've been talking about, or at least I've been talking about, how Amazing Spider-Man recently over the past years is, is like the way Spider-Man should be, the way it used to be, and the art by pa- Paolo Sequera Sequera mm-hmm. was like. McFarlane. Yeah, it was. Like, it was, it was almost scarily like McFarlane. You're talking about the Batman scene? No, I mean, every, every, yeah. pretty much every panel that Spider-Man's in, I didn't really like his people. Yeah. His people his people didn't look like McFarlane, but him as Spider-Man yeah. looked not only like McFarlane, but looked awesome. Look, like, I, it, was, it reminded me of why we liked McFarlane so much in the yeah. late 80s when he was doing Spider-Man. That one panel when he punches, when, oh yeah, when he, the, the Batman, when he, the, in the webs. Yeah, he looks like Spider-Man. So yeah. It's very McFarlane. Yeah. But it, but it not but I don't mean that in a bad no, way. Not I don't want to come off the wrong way, you know. Like it, but McFarlane it, isn't an insult. No, especially yeah. when you're talking about Spider-Man. Yeah, and the, the when he punched um, when he punched Spot in the face and his hand, and, came, out and his hand came out of another spot and punched him. That was that was just great. <laughs> that was a very good panel. It was good. I mean, this, this is, it is a one shot. So if, yeah. if you're if you, I mean, most of these have been arcs. Yep. So if you're looking to to check out a Spider-Man book, get an entire story. Five eighty nine Return of the Spot is is a one shot deal. It. If you're curious about Spider-Man, you don't know if you want to try the new, you know, brand new day world, stuff like that, just, it's now, it's, it's just Amazing Spider-Man now, and it's just the way Spider-Man should be, and this is a good issue to grab. Yeah. So, uh, Justice League of America, number 31, I bought this on accident. I think, it, like, in the corner of my eye, I just thought it was Justice Society, and I was like, oh, I'll just pick this up. Yeah. And I remember that Connor had been talking about how Dwayne McDuffie has been hamstrung by being forced to do things. Well, the disclaimer, and I want to know. Disclaimer: I had dropped this a okay. couple months ago. I picked now, this up again because of the Final Crisis. Okay, now, who are these characters? Because this was this was a shoehorning. Well, not only that, but it was a sho- it was a shoehorning to deal with what's happening to the Justice League with this other Justice League team that Hal Jordan's organizing that doesn't come out till July. Yeah. Yeah. So it was shoehorning to explain something that is how many April, May, June, four months away. If it comes out. If it comes out. Yeah. Four months. See, I didn't have a problem with the story of the characters. I thought it was pretty spot on that in that sense. I liked the idea that the, that Final Crisis is, is fucked the team up. Yeah. That's a really good a story. Mm-hmm. But I thought that was bad. The fact that it's it's the the ramifications are coming out of a thing that hasn't happened yet. Yep. And I didn't really like the art and the first page. The dialogue balloons are wrong. Yeah. I, I really. I just like. And I know that like there's all sorts of things you can do, but I don't want to see the chair person of like they took just took all the piss right out of mocking or must have mockingbird. Black Canary. <laughs> Black Canary. Um, like, well, that's been the issue in the whole series is she's got no respect. I, yeah. well, that's that's a that's horrible. Well, I, yeah. I mean, I guess like it's not something I, I want to read. I guess because that's not how she's written. Now, the, I only know her from from Black Arrow. Black. Ugh. Green Arrow, Black, Arrow Black, Canary. Black Canary, and that's not how she is. So right. to me, this was such a drastic departure. And then the bits were like. Superman and Wonder Woman won't help her. I was like, "What is this?" Like, now, now the only the only good thing about this was well, Superman's that, going to do Krypton. Of course, he can't help her. I know, but like they like they were basically like, "I don't know what you're gonna do." The the only good thing about this that, that I took away from it was Hal Jordan justifying why yeah. he's storming, forming the other team in four months. Yeah. Um, 
his basic his basic reason is because the Justice League has been ineffectual. Well, since, since we got back together, what have we done? And it was all this insular. We helped Red Tornado, then we helped uh, What's Her Face. It's almost a meta commentary on the book. Yeah, it yes, is, but exactly. Also at the same time, like, then why am I reading this? Right, exactly. Like, why, I, well, that's, that's that's a good point. I'm no, I'm not going to continue on reading this. Yeah. I, this I'd is, love to solely to see what was going to happen. I just I can't believe how much of a train wreck this book has become. This, this is this should be this is the flagship. This should be the flagship DC and superhero book. It looks book. like and for, it's it an looks like a top cow book from 1997. Yeah, is what it looks like. I hate like. that he draws Superman symbol on Superman's belt. Yeah, like, no one does that. Yeah, this book I, I, I was reading. I thought it needs to be blown up and restarted at number one again. Yep. It needs. I mean, 31 issues of crap. It's it needs, been, well, it's it hasn't been, been 31. No, issues no, of crap. one of them yeah. was great. Yeah, right. The one, the issue one, the 11 yeah. was amazing. Yeah. But but uh, but honestly, like you know, Meltzer started this on a path of a very self indulgent like, approach. I didn't like that either. Yeah, and and they they stuck with it, and it's, it just yeah. needs to be killed and restarted because the the taste is bad. I mean, the first page, Zatanna's calling one woman Dinah, yeah. which is Black Canary's name. Right. I mean, that's just that's just wrong. That's page one. Yeah. <laughs> that's really bad, Dinah. Oh wow, I didn't Diana. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I was watching the lettering, and this was sort of crappy. Yeah. Oh, Besides God. that, anyway. So, so yeah, that, I mean that I didn't hate it, but I I, I have no desire to continue. It's so stupid that they put a book out that references or is dependent on a book that hasn't come out yet. Right. Which, by the way, that series has been knocked down to a mini. Man. It Remember was, that was the big announcement last yeah, year? A, and that was... Yeah, oh, it's been God. knocked down to a mini now. Uh, was that WonderCon last year? It's been yes. more than yes. a year now. Yeah, yeah. That was more than February of last year. Yeah. Now, uh, the other side of this being the Marvel... Uh, sort of big team book, New Avengers, which I, I guess they've split it up a little bit. This it's, is, it's really still the New Avengers of the JLA. Is, this of the is Marvel the Avengers. Yes, though. this is the main book. Yeah, uh, I loved this. Every month for 24 pages for three dollars, I will read an entire book of just them having meetings. Yes. Yep. Agreed. Just it, having meetings. Which is funny because we—that's what one of the things that was complained about in in the Justice League was them having meetings, but they, they were all holier than thou in those meetings. This is fantastic. The, the, the meeting scene was great. The, my only problem with this, so so this issue was broken up into uh, kind of two kind of two kind of tracks you've got um you've got the uh art by billy tan which is focusing on the team and hawkeye and the ramifications of hawkeye going on tv and calling out norman osborne and that sort of thing and at the end of the story that they have a team meeting to get their crap together and decide who the leader is and stuff like that then you've got a second story arc which is with chris uh, with chris Pacello art about who, dr who, strange looking for the who, new sorcerer supreme real good well no, i was gonna, I was gonna say yes uh, well yeah exactly but the one problem with the chris Pacello art is my god the mustache and dr strange Nah, whatever. That's awesome. No, no, no it is awesome. No, that's <laughs> awesome. That's totally awesome. I have no problem with that. Can I tell you about my favorite thing in this was? What? Spoiler time, by the way. Just an extra one if you want it. I really thought Spider-Man was going to walk. So did I. Yeah, they yeah. surprised the shit so, out of so me. So they're having their team meeting, and, and basically Clint Barton lays down the lays down the smackdown on Spider-Man and says, listen, we don't know who you are. You, you, tell us who you are. You're off the team. Yeah. And I really thought he was going to leave. And because now nobody knows, they don't they used to know his identity, but yeah. with brand new day they don't. He handled the page turn really well. Yes. Yep. You know, like it reveals is the end of the right-hand page, he turned the left and he takes his mask off and he tells them I like and I like how he brought in the ultimate idea of having Peter and Jessica be high school classmates. Right. I like that. I like it adds to her backstory. And the coma girl. Uh, well, you was know, great. the other thing is and I we've complained about it's Billy Tan, right? I was Billy like, Tan. Yeah, Billy yeah. Tan. His storytelling's not bad. No, but just I don't like the way he draws. No, then that's fine. I yeah. don't like the style of the way that the kids look, but his storytelling is good. Yeah, I no, know totally. what's happening. There's yeah. a lot. It's not easy to draw a bunch of people talking at all, and I, that was done well. And then finally, at the end, what's up, Clint Barton? Yeah. Oh, he's the he's the team leader. Yep. Yeah, yeah you knew that was coming. I had two laugh out loud moments yeah. in this. One was he totally nailed the 
oh my god, it's my high school crush yes. moment where she tells him to shush. Yep. Where she tells her husband to be quiet. And yep. she's totally just like flustered because her high school crush is here. She's like, shh, shh. Yeah. That, that made me laugh. And then Wolverine going, good meeting. Yeah, I, I like, enjoyed that. Good meeting, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny because Bendis, That made me laugh out loud. We used to complain about Bendis writing Wolverine. Yeah. And, and now like, he nails it. Yeah. He's got it now. Like, it took him a little while. Meeting. Yeah. This it was, was, I totally, meetings. Every month, a new <laughs> yeah, Avenger. No, exactly. I think they should. Meeting. They really I should. I would totally read that. Every the bureaucracy month. of the Avengers. Every yeah, month. <laughs> totally fun. Backup story. Oh my god! Yeah, no, it was really great. They're all of them around the table, and so I guess Bucky's full time on the team, huh? Yeah, but even they recognize that. Okay. Oh, that's the one thing. It's not the freaking Bronx. Why do they keep saying the Bronx? The 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 the, the uh, Avengers headquarters, the Bronx. I thought it was in Brooklyn. It's in Brooklyn. And Bendis has said it's supposed to be Brooklyn, it's not the Bronx. Uh, but every time the issue comes out, it says Bronx. So whose fault is that? I don't know. Probably an editorial problem. It's probably an editorial problem. See, Avengers Hideout, the Bronx. See, it's, it's Brooklyn. That. It's Steve's apartment in Brooklyn. That's yeah. very different. Yeah, pisses me off. Huh. Anyway. All right, well, that's... But still, great, great issue. Yeah. Very good. I also really liked Proof 18. I think Proof, this is my favorite issue in a long time. I think I've been waiting for this part. Yeah. This is they, they've sort of been exploring other things and they've been fine. They've been enjoyable. They've been good. It's like now we know what the universe is and now they're gonna go back and exp- and expand. It's almost Hellboyish in that proof the character proof has been around for for hundreds of years. There's a missing portion of his life and now we're gonna explore some of that missing portion of his life. Yeah. And I really like he's back in the, he's been in Victorian era. Uh, he's in London, right? Mm-hmm. I feel I feel like this issue of this arc is the one that's proving that this book's not gonna is is gonna be around for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Riley. This was one of his best issues yes. ever. Yep. Um, the way that he drew, it's almost cleaned up a little from yes, what he has. normally does, which is fine. I, I, you know, I like how he does things normally, but the, the past stuff is like a slightly different uh, style. It's a little cleaner, and, and I think that the way that he drew, what's her name? What's the woman? I can't remember. Was the singing it? woman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The monkey lady. The singing um, monkey lady. That's, the, yeah. that's right. I, I love the way that, that he drew her. Yes. Because she kind of looks like a beautiful woman, but she's a, she's also a beast, and she's kind of like, she's sort of sad. Sad eyes, yep, she's totally. She's human, but not, and it, oh, it's just really, really well done. I really dug that a lot. I do have a question. Julia. Yeah, Julia. What What's the deal at the end? That's the name of the story, isn't it? The story's called <laughs> What's Julia. the name of the end? Yeah, Julia, part one. That's the name. <laughs> no, the very last page, though. Yeah, that was, that was a little bit... Now, is she the killer? Or is the killer in her trailer? It's hard to tell because the kill the the killer's in the background. It looks like there's a window and she's coming through the window. That's what uh-huh. it looks like. Okay, yeah. Well, I can't tell, but either it looks way, like Sprint we'll... Hill Jack's about to kill Julia. Yeah, well, we'll figure it out next month. But this is a perfect setting for it. Uh-huh. The Victorian setting is perfect for the story. I like the fact that the cryptoid box has changed to the old to mm-hmm. different kind of lettering, different kind of titling. Yep. And just really, really strong at all ends. Yeah, great issue. You're absolutely right. Dead on, sir. Excellent. This is a big week. It was really big. Before we get to the rest of the books, I want to remind everybody that the crowd howls for blood as two damaged (laughs) warriors sacrifice flesh and bone in a perverse test of wills. It's Shiguri Death Frenzy. Fujiki Jinosuke and Iroko Saiyan, two legendary samurai, share a long and violent past, bitter rivals from the moment they locked eyes. These warriors inflict wounds on each other that would have destroyed lesser men. As the final chapter of their saga unfolds, they must summon the strength for one last battle, a battle only one shall survive. And you can get this on Blu-ray and on DVD on March 31st, Shiguru Death Frenzy from Funimation, The Beauty is in the Kill. So if you head over to Funimation.com forward slash Shiguri, which is S-H-I-G-U-R-U-I, 
uh, for more details. <laughs> I'm going to need a more dramatic reading next time from that. Ron. Yeah, Ron, right, Connor kind of upped the bar and you he brought did. us back down. The legendary again. Samurai. They're hard, it's, hard to, it's hard to match that. Yeah. But. So check out Funimation.com, Shiguri, uh, for more details about Shiguri Death Frenzy. Nova, number 23, up next. Uh, can I, I have one word to say about this, and it's yes. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Yes, we can. When I saw the cover, I went, I went oh, this is going to be good. Oh, yeah. You see, now this is a cover explaining what happens in the book. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's a good cover, too. Yeah. cover on the outside was better. Than the, um, Let me see. Basically, that was really... They, they brought it into what's happening in Dark Avengers. Hammer is now taking over the labs where they were dealing with Richard's issues before. We found out last time that Richard's going to die. Or, or it apparently seems so. So the scientist who was working on him like runs away with him, and they take him to what is an, an AIM lab, and he yep. and he throws up the Boy Scout. He's like, I don't care. She's like, just let me help. And he's like, I can't have any part of this. Yeah. Um, and there's a really, it's kind of romantic, and it's really, kind, it's kind of complicated. It's a little melodramatic. But I, th- really... I thought, I thought, I thought these kind of relationships should happen more in the Marvel universe. Yeah. Where you, you know you work with somebody, and then like, oh shit, she works for AIM. And, it's like, and he's like, I can't be part of this. AIM and, is yeah. really yeah. taken off yeah. in Marvel right now. Yeah. Like, Hydra is fuck them. Yeah. You know, like, AIM is, is seeming to be, like, well, everywhere. Well, AIM is the better design. Yeah. AIM, That's really oh, all it is. But AIM are, like, I love how I, bad I, I love how they're in a, in a high-tech lab, and there's, like, the beehive costume just laying on the side, and that's yeah. what tipped it off. He's like, wait a minute, is this AIM? Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm but, very glad that I read this after I read Guardians of the Galaxy, though. I, I read this before Guardians of the Galaxy, right. and, and I'm fine with that. I mean, are they intertwined? Right? Yeah, a yeah bit, these yeah. two pull each other. So basically, what happens is that he gets um, he uh, meets up with Quasar, who uh, in, in we're gonna get to Guardians of the Galaxy yes. number twelve next, but um, who What's gets the quantum bands back and he gives them to Rich, and so now Rich is the new Quasar. At least, for, but the thing is, they've done lots of this stuff. Right. I think Rich yeah. has been killed twice in this already. Yeah, there's <laughs> been a lot of Novas and Nova Primes, and then the stuff going on like in uh, the the ego. Yep. Is is interesting because it's really creepy. Yeah, like, well, basically now the no, the Nova Corps get or the World Mind is now aware of the war that's going on between the Kree and the Shi'ar mm. with Black Bolt and the Inhumans right. and stuff like that. So they're basically on red alert and they're on their way to take off to go for it. So is so, this all tied into War of Kings? Though? Yeah, now yeah. it's pulled into War of but Kings. When and by the way, off, I'm loving War of Kings. Like the whole like everything. When like, they take off, like the the, mm. the fact that the ego the living planet was yeah. right next to the earth is screwed up the weather on earth real bad so like the background of all of this stuff happening yeah. is this huge storms yeah, and lightning and stuff Zarkov, it wasn't that bad actually because Adam Atlantic co-wrote it with, with Sibulski I thought you gave it like a one or two on a fanboy I might have first one yeah. Yeah. okay Guardians of the Galaxy tw- 12 better though mm. yep this artist can stay on for a long time agreed this artist uh, what's his name uh, it is Wes Craig Eves Chang <laughs> Wes Craig. Oh, Wes. Oh, I can't read it. I'm over here in the dark. West I saw Craig. an IVS. Whatever. Wes yeah, Craig. Yeah, Wes Craig. There were some pages in this. Yeah, that were that badass. Blew me away. Yep. There were others where there was actually some storytelling problems. Like he does really nice big pages, like the sort of yeah. pinup kind of things. But the general style, the figure drawing, all that stuff, really nice. This, when he does pages where there's a really huge, there's this really big dragon in there, and like the scale between the figures yep. was a ton of fun. Other than that, this was like a really, really fun, fun issue. I, it was, but I kind of want to get back to the team. Oh, I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> I was totally digging this. I, yeah. I had a lot of fun with this one. Yeah, um, totally fun. Uh, but yeah, it was a focus on one, and this is the other half of the Quasar story. Cool, cool. great art. Really good. Next up, I just wanted to mention real quick, basically for Paul, our staff writer, Paul Montgomery, I finally picked up Conan the Sumerian, number nine. Is it just, worth the hype? It's, this is second in, a, in, a, in an arc, but I didn't really notice the difference. 
it's like young Conan, and he's with like an army, and they're ransacking, and it's fun. It's really good looking. It's, it's from it's, Dark Horse, right? Yeah, it's from Dark Horse. It's it is. It's a lot of fun. Uh, and I'm not reading any books like this. It's so are you on this now? Yeah, I'll probably keep buying it for a while. It was it was a good time. Who's the team behind it? Uh, I don't know these names. So it's Tim Truman and Tomas Goriello, uh, with uh, color by Jose Villaruba. Great stuff. I, I really dug it. It was fun. You should check it out. Really nice pages in this. Just really really nice art and layouts. Awesome. That's up. What's up next? Superman number 696. I, 86. 686. I brought this up solely because it was a fine issue, whatever. Yeah. It's just like it had been before. I was so distracted reading this. If you look at the lettering, if you have this issue, take it out and, and take a look at it. Connor, why don't you pick a, a, a couple of random word balloons and favor us with a reading? Because I just want this to be... All right. So I'm told, I confess, i never seen the sewers of any other city, so I wouldn't know. But yes, Metropolis is quite the eighth wonder, and I've seen some of the other cities... Every other word in this is bolded, and it completely takes away the point of bolding uh, letters and something. I don't know who... This is like an old Jack Kirby comic. It's, it's horrid. I confess I didn't even notice. I don't notice that stuff. Right. Didn't no, notice. if I hadn't noticed, though, I wouldn't have a thing to say about this issue. It was fine. No, it was a fine issue. But that was that was really rough. And once I did notice it, I was like, wait a minute, this is all over the whole well, that's thing. That's the kind of thing that once you notice, you can't not notice oh, it. Oh, my God, it so was So I horrid. thank you now for ruining my Superman experience. I'm nice. sorry. Ruined. But you got to read it once before I pointed it out. Yeah, no. There you go. That's all I had to say about that. All right, and you guys are still liking the Dear Billy series? Yes. I'm wondering if the next series is going to end on a really down note like the first two have. Well, I think if, it, if the first two have. The next one probably... is Tankies, and it looks like it it's... It looks kind of goofy tank guys. Yeah, Gary, Ers- Gary Erskine, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it looks a little more a little more upbeat. Who knows? I think I saw where this one was going by the time I we totally got to the d- end of it. I did, yes, but the se- end of the second issue, I thought it was gonna, this was going a different way. Yeah, I like where it went. I the, was happy. No, I did, but the end of the second issue, I thought it impl- implied she was going to get in a plane and crash it into a Japanese, you know, something. Turns out this Dynamite book had a John Cassidy cover. Who knew? So my favorite page in this was probably, uh, basically the nurse has been killing Japanese prisoners every once in a while, and one of them is a real dick to her, so she kills him sort of outright without thinking about it or planning around it. And they kind of figure it out. And there's a page about her getting fired, basically, and it just says, you know, the, the... caption at the top part of her letter is what followed was extremely British and it's just the doctor <laughs> skirting around what they're actually saying like well you know it's kind of all they've got this idea and anyway and at the end of it, she just goes you know what I've been thinking about leaving and it's just all this passive aggressive not saying what you want Josh and I work for a British company so oh. we kind of have <laughs> yeah. experience in this kind of thing oh yeah. man it was it was good I, I just liked the character at the end couldn't get past it. it. Yeah, it was very true to life. Yeah. You know what's the best thing about Dynamite books is that it's almost like reading a John Cassidy comic because every third or fourth page is an ad for another book. With a cover of him. So it's yeah. like Buck Rogers, Sherlock Holmes, Dracula. <laughs> and they're all John Cassidy pages, so it's almost like you're getting a full John Cassidy comic. Well, this cover here has a Jay Lee cover, actually, so I guess I'm, I'm off. Although, yeah. looks a lot like and a John Hero Cassidy Gasm cover. And Hero is, not, is, a, is yeah. Derek Robertson, but it's almost like having him back. Yeah. He's never doing any more comics. Nope. I totally didn't see Daredevil and Kingpin getting together as a couple in, uh, <laughs> in Daredevil 117 as the Will cover marry as me? the cover depicts them holding that was, hands. That was, the, the, <laughs> that was the Kingpin voice in my head from the Spider-Man animated series. Yeah. So Daredevil 117 uh, is the the second part of the Return of the King storyline, and with the recent news that Brubaker is leaving Daredevil and Diggle's coming on, I hope Michael Lark never leaves the book because it's the it, art in this was spectacular. It's just the so good. Was great. A lot of it was in the snow. Did you get to the snowy page? Yes. I flipped the page, and I'm sitting next to my wife, and I just go, oh, my God, look at that. Yeah. She didn't yeah. care. Yeah. But I was like, look at it. Oh, God, it looks so good. And so basically, Kingpin's back in New York, and he's 
He's asserted himself amongst the uh, amongst the underbelly, yeah. the under the crime underworld. The snowy ninja fight was just beautiful. Snow, uh, oh. Ninja ninja fights are awesome to begin with, but snowy ninja fight was just great. Uh, I, just, I, I love the, the, the dynamic between Matt and Kingpin, and that's a great yep. dynamic. And having him back is, yep. it shows you how important it is to have those adversaries. And know? and just the the very the very. Battlestar esque and <laughs> like you know that basically Kingpin's going on a suicide mission. Yeah. You know, like he's not planning to survive this, and and the idea of them teaming up, you know, like and it, I, I don't know. I, I just feels like Brubaker really nailed the 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 approach that Kingpin would take and the the Daredevil's response to that and the interplay between the two, just really well done. Excellent, excellent yeah. issue. So good, cool. So a bunch of other comics came out. I had I read like ten other ones this week. And you can see them all at ifanboy.com forward slash comics. Uh, but then also there, you can do your own pull list, and you can rate and review your comics after you read them. And I want to highlight a couple of uh, reviews from our users over at ifanboy.com. And we're doing things a little different this week. We're reading the entire review because I feel as if these are a little shorter, but they also were well-written and, and good ones. They got meat. So our first one comes from Cyberoran. Cyberon. Cyberon who reviewed X-Force Cable Messiah War Prologue, and he gave the story a 5 out of 5, and the art a 5 out of 5, and this was, uh, of the iFanboy community, 23.9% made of the Pick of the this Week. This was the most Pick of the Week book, which the was a bit of a shocker. Runaway hit this week, and so uh, what he has to say about it, he says, Within the last year, we've had Secret Invasion, Final Crisis, Batman R.I.P., New Krypton, Ran Thanagar War, Reign in Hell, Battle for the Cal, War of Kings, etc., etc. So many events that I started to question whether I would buy any new events. That was before I read the prologue to Messiah War. Any writer who wants to write an event or even a miniseries should read this issue. It's perfectly told the reader where the story is going, where it's been. It's perfectly accessible to a new reader and not a waste of money for fans of, of the Cable or x series. Also, the art in the book is fantastic and gorgeous. Everything from the designs, coloring, and inking totally fits the book. Messiah War is the event that killed my event fatigue. I'm really looking forward to this event. Now, on a plus side, Deadpool is still in this. It's worth the money. You know, the thing about and, and event fatigue is real despite what the companies think, it's, it yeah. is a real thing, but it shows you the power of a good event can yeah. totally re-energize you because when an event works, nothing better than it. Well, it was funny because I, 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 when I was reading this book, I realized that there are a lot of mini-events going on at Marvel right now. There are and a lot DC, of, everyone's, yeah. got, everyone's just full of Right, yeah, well, I mean, I, yeah, but I just noticed that within Marvel, I mean, we've got Dark Reign going on, we've got War of Kings going on, we've got this, go, we've got this, this Messiah War going on, you've got, you know, so it's like a lot of little kind of contained things, and it was funny because I don't read Deadpool, Right. And after I read this, I read this issue, and I'm like, I, I kind of want to go read Deadpool now, which is Ooh. crazy. Yeah, I know, I know. So, stand your way. Josh is shocked. Stand I, your I, way. I didn't say I was going to. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but I got, I got to agree. So I don't know if this was a five star book, but it was, it was quite good. It was really good. People seem to like it. Twenty three percent of the people did. Yeah, so. I didn't know there was that many X Men fans going on. Maybe there's that many Deadpool fans. No, don't get don't get the Deadpool fans. So who is what is where's Messiah War crossing into? Well, basically, what's happened now is that um, in the pages of X Force, Wolverine and the X Force crew got slapped with little time travel bracelets that Beast made, and they locked in on where Cable and the baby was in the future, mm-hmm. and they ported themselves forward in the future. So now Cable and and the baby, who is now about like she's about six seven years old, um, are teamed up with Wolverine and is, Thunderbird and and X twenty three and is this part of a series? What number is that? Is it an X Force? Yeah, it's a okay. one shot, but but it's bringing together. This is going to be a crossover between the between the Cable book and the X Force book. Is so. Deadpool going to be into it too? Yeah, I, yeah, it looks. So like you're going to pick up those issues. Um, I don't know. I'm going to look at it. We'll see. So will Logan fall in love with the kid? That'd be weird. It's Jean, right? Yeah, I don't know. We don't know if it's Jean. She's got she's got green eyes and red hair. So why are they always going to go back to Archangel? Why can't they just leave Angel alone? Yeah, don't get me started on that one. So stupid. Um, so X Force Cable Messiah War. It, it was actually pretty decent. All right, our next review comes from Akamu. 
who reviewed The Muppet Show number one from Boom Studios. It's time to start the movie. And this book I was very excited for, and I didn't buy it, but I read my friend's copy, and I'm going to go back and pick it up. Um, 0.76% of the fanboy community made it their pick of the week, and Akamu gave the story a 5 out of 5, and the art a 1 out of 5. And, um, sharp decline. And says, I really wish the art, I really wish I liked the art in this book. The script of this comic was perfect, was perfect Muppetism. The pacing, the puns, the plotline buried behind the behind the scenes fr- freneticism. The writing was like your favorite Muppet Show episode. Not one, not one of the ones that were brought down by Mrs. Brady trying to prove she was a real actress, or the one with the dancer who you wouldn't have recognized even if you were a cultured adult in 1979. Or Henderson? And not a, not a drooling toddler like I was. I still drool a lot, but hardly ever toddle. This was the cast of the. This was the cast of the Star Wars episode, or the one with the stand-up comedian whose name I never learned because I only ever seen him in the Muppet Show season one DVDs that I watch religiously. I know the comic is aimed for children, and so they feel they can skimp on art. But damn, this is such a fun comic to read. I wanted the characters to look like the characters from the show and not weird, weirdly alien-like cartoons that they, as they are in the book. It's an indictment. Akamu. Ah, uh, this was written and drawn by um, by Roger Landridge. Langridge. 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 No Langridge. <laughs> I don't and think a D in there, this it? was like the book that he was born to, to, do. to do. Yeah, and they have they're done in his style, so they don't look exactly like the Muppets. But I don't think you want them to look exactly like the Muppets. Well, he does. Um, well, he does, right? But I mean, in general, <laughs> rhetorically, um, he specifically said he wants them to look like the Muppets. Akamu's totally right in that the the way there's a bunch of little vignettes that happen through the issue, but then there's an underlying plot just like the Muppet the original Muppet Show. Like if you're a fan of the Muppets, and I know you you are, and I am? Lindsay is too. Is yeah. Lindsay? You got, my you wife got and Muppet things. Yeah, you've got Muppet things all over your That's house. Her, not me. Okay, well, you should get this for her. Because Wait, you're telling me you don't like John Bon Jovi? <laughs> I don't think she wants that either. Because there's a toy on. And you're, um, I bought my wife a John Bon Jovi action figure. Yeah, she unironically likes Bon Jovi. Right. Well, she's from she's from the area. She's from Jersey. Everyone she's unironically from New Jersey. likes Bon Jovi. She's from Connecticut. Yeah, same thing. Uh, <laughs> I really like uh, this issue was fantastic, and I could see his argument about the art, but you've got it. It's it. You don't want it to be. Right. Language is a is a relatively respected indie artist. Yeah. So. Is it a mini? Uh, I don't know if it's an ongoing or a mini or not. I, I'm not sure. Waka waka waka. So head over to ifanboy.com forward slash comics where you can rate and review all your books and tell everybody what you think. And <laughs> the find Swedish reasons. Chef wrote our next user review. Morgan Hittenberg. Bork bork bork. <laughs> Let's talk about discount comic book service. Connor, why don't you tell us about DCBS? I'm all the way over here. Josh can do it. I right. will. DCBS is the place where you can go if you want to get your comics books delivered to you, the weekly books. If, if, if you want a discount and you don't want to go to a local shop, you don't have one near you, it's a really great place to do that. There is a discount of some percentage. Ron, do you know what that is? A lot. Double digits. <laughs> you will save a ton of money than if yeah. you just go pick up your books this way. And they can deliver them to you uh, whenever you want. You can like let them, let them build up over a couple of weeks. Is it 35%? I think it's 35%. And each week, they've got all the new books from all the publishers and things like that. 3,500 shipping in stock? Yes, you can track all of your shipping. You can yes. do all of that stuff. Every, anything you can get in previews? You can anything get? you can previews is just a, it's a, it's a really good solution to people who live somewhere where they don't have a great comic also, shop. Also, if, if the price of comics got you down, yeah. if the increase in comics prices got you, you down. You basically can go back to 1995. Lots of people, lots your, people go this route and they love it. They won't look back. They don't get them weekly, but they get their books and they get them cheap. And well, I'll tell you this: if I didn't have to do this show, there's no way that I would be. There's no wow. way that I wouldn't be doing this. Bold. It's true. It's absolutely yeah. true. It's a good deal. It's you know it's timely. You know they're going to come to you in good condition. They they ship everything nice. You can you know neatly and nicely. Yeah. 
Yeah, real nice. You know, Excellent. they ship it real nice. So that's dcbservice.com. Go and check them out. Uh, they're supporting of the show, but they also run, run a damn fine business. Yes, they do. All right, on to the email. Our first email comes from Pat, who goes by Patio on the site. Fanboy.com says, Hey guys, I was just over at Marvel's site, over at Marvel.com, and took a look at their top 70 Marvel comics of all time. There's a lot of good ones on there, no question, but there are a couple things that bother me about the list. First, there were a lot of newer comics on the list, especially ones from just the past few years. I think this is a great time for comics, but come on, isn't it a little over-representing the current era? Second, there wasn't one Daredevil comic on the list. Now, Matt's had some hard luck, but this is just unfair. There have been plenty of great Daredevil comics over the years, from Frank Miller's original run, to his stint stint with Dave Mazzuchelli, to the more recent Kevin Smith and Joe Quesada run, followed by the excellent teams of Bendis and Maliv and Brubaker and Lark. How could they overlook the man without fear? You guys are great. Thanks. I'm assuming this is single issues. That's single issues. I didn't see the list, but that's my my guess. Two things. One, lists always skew towards modern age, no matter what lists, no matter who puts the list out. Right. Top hundred well, the, movies. Well, there's always somebody do. who's going to disagree with the list. Well, that's the yeah. that's yeah. overall. You're not going the list. The list exists to get you talking and arguing. Yep. But lists, you need to buy Marvel books. It's not Marvel.com. Well, that's that was the second point I was going to yeah. make. Which is, but yeah. but lists always skew more recent because that's when yeah. people have seen the things. I mean, that's what the right. it's fresh in your mind. But the yeah. thing is, the thing is, Marvel. If they're doing a list of their top stories, they're going to do the ones that you can still that you can go you can buy. buy. Yeah. So they're not going to talk about some some vague Daredevil Frank Miller issue oh, you can get the from the eighties. Yeah, you could. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, but, but yeah. the thing is, he mentioned all those Daredevil stories. They're all readily available. Yeah, yeah it's kind of you know maybe they weren't that good. Yeah, that could be an oversight. That could be an oversight. You know what's funny is that if it's based on stories there's not like a bit of that that stands out as being a great story those are like good runs yeah. you know what I'm saying like the dare like how long was Bendis's run it's long actually it wasn't it was it was deceivingly short when you find out how many issues it was you're like really well it was Hang on, I'm going to look that up. Well, it, it, Frank Miller has memorable Daredevil stories. The Electric yeah. Bullseye story would be one that would, yeah. people would consider. I don't know. I'm making surprising. excuses. That's all I'm yes. doing. I I want to. I want to side with the excuses. Yep, that's you're, what I you're, do. You're a corporate shill. Are you a I stockholder? Am. I am not. All right. I'm not a stockholder. <laughs> are you a trader? But I wish that I had bought stock when it was like a penny. Remember? Do you remember going to the convention when the stock had plummeted before the movies? It was like a dollar a share. The guy got mad during the couple Joe panel about how low. Oh the yeah, stock that, was. that guy. That guy kept on showing up, and every year he's like, "I'm a Marvel stockholder." Yeah. Like it was the year they didn't have a booth, and he was yes. pissed that they didn't have a booth. Should like, have bought stock then. Yeah. 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 That that would have been. I think it's like ten times what it was back then. Probably yeah. not right now. So well, if I'd invested a hundred dollars, then I'd have a thousand now. But then I'd have five hundred because it would have all gone but away. But somehow you would also owe. Right, so how many issues yeah, do you definitely. think Bendis' run on Daredevil was? Seventy-five. Uh, no, no, no. I guess he came on in the thirties or forties, and he left in the eighties. So forty-five issues. It is about sixty-five. Okay. Well, well I thought that, I thought it was longer. Sixty-five is so. over five years. Yeah, it's true. It's, it's a five-year run. It's yeah, a long it's five run. and a half years. Yeah, there's a couple of gaps in there, but it was about sixty or so. Yeah, it fits so, in an omnibus. That's so. quite long, actually. I would yeah. say. And that's the whole run in one omnibus. Yes. They fit sixty-five issues in one omnibus. Yeah. Look at that! Uh, look Those at that! Look at that big. Spider-Man omnibus. Well, Spider-Man yeah. one's only got twenty-five issues in it, though. Really? No. no. Are you, that thing is 50? four inches. I know. Yeah, that's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, the, if you think about it, the Captain America one is 25 issues, and yeah. that's like half the size of the Spider-Man. Okay, you're right, yeah, you're right, you're right. That's yeah. fine. Okay, our next email comes from Tex, who says, Hey guys, love the show. I've been reading comics for about a year now, and I've read quite a few series and graphic novels. My favorites being Preacher, Why the Last Man, Walking Dead, and Fables, and a few superhero books, including Marvel's and The Dark Knight Returns. Now I think I'm ready to properly step up into the world of superheroes. The problem is I don't know where to start. 
I like the look of the Marvel Universe more, but is it safe to simply go to a comic book shop and pick up a few books without being completely lost? It just seems like there is so much history and a lot developed for all characters that it's impossible to just jump in. Any advice would be appreciated. Thanks, Just Tex. jump in. Just, judge, just hold your nose and dive right in. There's a pervasive idea that you can't just start reading comics. We get this, I we did. Get this email or a variation of this email daily, three times a week at the very least. Ron, yeah. what was your first comic book? Excalibur number 19. Oh, 19. So did you go back and read the first 18 right away? Yeah. <laughs> no, but but my first X-Men comic book was X-Men number 268 and I couldn't I couldn't afford to go back and read. Right. Yeah, I just started reading from there. Yeah. And that's what anybody does. Eventually yeah. you have to just take the leap in and, and figure out it as you go. Yeah. And, and figure out what you like. And I mean, listen to the show, read the go to I remember Wikipedia. Slash comics and look at those look at what people are liking and find yeah. some things you think yeah. you might like, but and then where I still, are you supposed to start? There's nowhere to start with Marvel. And I still it's say if you don't, if you don't, years. if you if you find a character or book you like and you want to know about it, go to your store and be like, hey, what's what 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 did I miss? Mm-hmm. Or go on online, look on Wikipedia. There's a bunch of different websites. Or go to FMB and ask people. They'll tell yeah, you. Go to exactly. the forums. Yeah. People are very friendly about about saying, hey, read this stuff. This yeah. is good stuff. But yep. eventually, and I'm not just talking to who who is this? Text. Text. I'm talking to all the people who email us every every day about this. Yep. You gotta just jump in somewhere. Dive right in. And you gotta make a leap, and you gotta, and there will be a little bit of work on your part. Yeah, that's just the way it's gonna be. Everybody did it. Everybody started somewhere. It's worth it. I always, I only read number ones. <laughs> so our next email, our last email, <laughs> comes from um, Smee. Um, and unfortunately, I can't pronounce your real name, so I apologize. Um, Smee says, "Hey, I fanboy. I've always looked to see how tall superheroes are and how they've been and how they are drawn, depicted by the artist. Batman, Bruce Wayne is six two, and Superman is six three, etc." How come there are no short superheroes, not, inclu- not including kids like the Teen Titans? I know Dick Grayson is supposed to be 5'10", and that seems short to me, but he is drawn taller. Most artists make him as tall as other heroes, like Hal Jordan or Green Arrow, who are 6'1". It seems that most artists don't really draw the superheroes to be the exact height they are set in their bios. It really pisses me off when artists draw Batman to look considerably shorter than Superman, even though he's only one inch shorter. Also, people drawing Wonder Woman to tower over other heroes. She's only 5'11", and most male superheroes are at least 6 foot. Plus, isn't it time for Tim Drake to have an updated height in the bios? He's 17 right now, and he's still said to be 5'3 or 5'7 in other bios. Let's make the kid at least 5'9. Do you guys ever pay attention to how tall the superheroes are and how tall artists draws them in books? Plus, I've always wondered how tall you guys are. Let me guess. <laughs> let me guess and see if my guesses are correct. Creepier. Connor is 6'1. Nope. Ron is 5'9. Nope. And Josh is 5'8. Nope. Am I close? No. Nope. Thanks a lot. 5'9? I will say this: the one thing we hear a lot when we go to cons is people meet us and say, "Wow, you guys are all much taller than I thought you'd be." Well, because TV makes us look smaller. Because no, it's better. because because <laughs> there's always like Josh is the little one. I'm normal sized. <laughs> we're, Josh, we're, Ron, and I just <laughs> gargantuan men. <laughs> do you remember that one guy in San Diego who was so shocked how tall we were? He was speak to us for about two minutes. I do remember that. That, that was weird. Yeah. Well, Connor, you're six three. I'm six three. Yeah. I'm six foot. Five ten. You're five ten. Yeah. yeah. He's the shrimp. Yeah, you're the shrimp. I'm completely we beat him average up. size. We take, we take his lunch money <laughs> every day. Give me lunch money. Yeah, Man, I was 14 and I was 5'10", and I was like, this is going to be fucking sweet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't stop growing entirely. <laughs> I'm drawn to be 6'5", though, so no. No, I'm a 6' even. And six, oh, wait, wait, wait. Foot, First question, ten. why are there no short superheroes? There are. Wolverine. Well, there are. There's Wolverine and the Atom. Puck. Puck. Oh, the, the Atom? Yeah. Nice. Al Pratt. Puck. Puck. Um, yeah. D-Man. Yeah, yep. but, I, but at the same time... Because they're superheroes. They're physical right. ideals. I think Sp- Spider-Man's yeah. like 5'8", right? 5'9"? What? <laughs> Connor just went to an aneurysm. <laughs> yeah. I want, he was holding his head the whole time he read the email. Here's the thing. Get over it. Whatever you think the stat sheet says... It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's completely irrelevant. And each artist... I mean, you know, to an extent. 
Yeah. You know, they can't you can't make like like five for for Batman, but like Wolverine can't be taller than Captain American. Captain American. Captain American's the shorter Captain America. This has actually come up before where somebody said, well, why don't you have style guides for these characters? Because artistic one of the things, interpretation. An artistic interpretation, it will hamper that. And I think that what you end if you do that, you'll end up missing out on stuff that all of a sudden changes what everything looks like. A guy like Humberto Ramos, whether you like him or not, he's screwed if he's gotta to stick to something like that. Yeah. Because you're trying to Ed McGinnis is not going to draw like Michael Lark is not going to draw like Herbert Yeah, Ramos. right, exactly. Draw, yeah. like, they all draw different sized people. Yeah. And so basically what you want to look at is see is what the art is trying to tell you when they show you those heights. It's, doesn't, it's not literal. If ta- Superman is towering over Batman, the artist is trying to tell you something. Right. It isn't right. necessarily... It's perspective and it's, it's all... It isn't yeah. necessarily saying he's three inches higher than him. It's trying to tell you one of these characters has a status that's different than the other characters. And, and you know, the camera angle or the whatever can make a difference. And, and you kind of have to go with it a little bit. Like, and it's funny because there are those who's who DCs and there are those handbooks yeah. in the Marvel Secret universe. files and stuff, yeah. You know what? If I'm writing a comic book, I'm not necessarily checking everything I do with those because... It well, it's just, it's you just, need to from a story standpoint. No, I mean, but, but not from a stats standpoint. Right, it's, yeah. not, it's not important yeah. and it's just something that's fun to read at one point. We had a similar discussion about this on the iFanboy forums about age. Yeah. Somebody posted what were the age of all the Bat characters and why didn't it make sense? Well, it's like, it's and that's never like going to make sense. The, the keystone to the ages of the Marvel Universe is Rogue. Right, but it's never, none of it ever is going to make sense. Yeah. And neither will height. It's all different. And it's yeah. all whatever serves the story best. And you're, if you're well, to within caught, reason, though. Yes. I mean, you know, well, everything, sort of, everything is within reason. Right, that's right. implied. Right. It, can't, it can't be so extreme that it, that it takes you out of it immediately. But if you're looking at it to such an extent that you're like saying one or two inches is taking you out of the story or bugging you, then I think you're not paying attention to the right part of it. Right. I think. Yeah. You know, I could be wrong. One of these days, I'll be like, well, the suit was blue. It shouldn't have been blue. It should have been blue. It's perfect. supposed to be an obsessive-compulsive nightmare. That's the thing. I mean, like, if you really think about, I mean, back to the age thing, you know, Dick Grayson's age from age 8 to 20s, Batman hasn't really aged. Right. You know, mm-hmm. that's just how it has to work, or right. otherwise the comics don't make sense. And the same thing with height. You know, an inch <laughs> or two here or there. I can't believe we're talking about the height. I don't let like, Robin be 8 in my mind ever, because that's just absurd. Oh, you met an 8-year-old. He kicked my ass and took my lunch money. I know. It's, well, well, not when you were 8. But, like, now you'd be like, oh, come <laughs> no, on. No, it was last week. In my mind, you know, Robin had to be at least 12 or He was, well, like I think that's yeah. Tim Drake was when he was yeah. 12. Yeah. But either way, he still would have aged 10 years. Sure. And still would make Batman in his 40s, which wouldn't make any sense. But yeah. it's just, these things, you can't get bogged down in these details, otherwise you won't enjoy the stories. You'll never enjoy the stories. The really right. important thing to, with comics is the, to read it as you're, on, uh, you're now. Yeah. It's now. It's what now is. And how do you even judge height in a comic? True. Yeah, you need, you need like those, you know, like in the convenience Do stores. The ears count? They've got the, <laughs> the bat ears. The bat ears the yeah, yeah, maybe. So basically, you were probably looking for Confederates on that one. You may not have found them. Sorry. Batman's five five, but the ears make him six foot. <laughs> and he has <laughs> heels. He has, he has lifts in his shoes. So if you have, if you're curious about how much superheroes weigh. <laughs> or any other details about them, you can email us at contact.ifanboy.com. We'd love to hear from you. Please bring in other questions like this. We love talking about this stuff. So contact.ifanboy.com. I hated Kelly Jones' Batman, by the way. I didn't like oh. it. <laughs> We're not doing any voicemails this week because we talked a lot about books and things like that. We ran a little long. So uh, Josh, why don't you take us home? Get over to ifanboy. Dot, thank you. Get over to ifanboy.com. Oh, why do you lie about your height? I, well, I wear heel lifts. You wear lifts? Yeah, You're I'm like, like five, seven. I'm Rorschach height. I'm actually, <laughs> I'm actually like five foot nine and like nine tenths. Like I'm not quite. So you're really ten. five nine. I'm, Rorschach in the movie was shorter than he was in the book. I have no. I, I, th- I thought so. I have high hair. Uh, go to <laughs> ifanboy.com for the pick of the week uh, review that was written by Ron. 
this guy over here. I'm pointing at him in case you're at home. And lots of other stuff there. There's great content every single day, weekday. And <laughs> lots of good discussion, stuff like that. You can go to ifanboy.com slash about for your social network links. And while you're there, go to the store or uh, ifanboy.com slash store or slash Amazon to buy stuff. Yes, please help us. And if you want to buy something, you can support iFanboy by becoming an iFanboy member. Um, we've, if you go to ifanboy.com forward slash store, you can see all our different membership types. We've got mem- uh, you can sign up for $4 a month or $42 a year, and that gets you the iFanboy prize pack, which contains some stickers and buttons and a free comic from our collection. From our collection. Uh, or you can sign up for $10 a month or $100 a year, which gets you the prize pack, plus the special edition limited iFanboy members t-shirt that only premium members do get. And if you go to ifanboy.com slash store, you can see we had sold the Herm shirt. The Herm shirt is sold out. Sold out. Check that out if you want the Herm shirt if to come back. If you still want one, go to the site. There's instructions to email us. To, to if, Basically, if we, need, a, want no more, we'll we need enough to justify an order. But stay tuned to the store because a new shirt is coming. In the next couple of weeks will be the new shirt. Yes. We'll, we'll announce on ifanboy.com. Um, but the awesome thing that we announced last week, and if you go to ifanboy.com, you can check out, is we're um, doing a giveaway to the ifanboy membership base. Uh, we're giving away a page of original art by Mike Allred. From Red Rocket Seven, it's uh, a, from issue number one. I think it's you know page how five. much it hurts Ron to have to give this. Page You've away. no idea; like it's killing me. It's actually um, a Xerox of one that's in Ron's. No. <laughs> if you want to see it, you can go to fmway.com. Right there at the top, there's a red post with Mike Allred giveaway, and you can see the page. Yes. And if you like it, you're not a member. You want a chance to win it. You've got to become a member. So the deadline to become a member to be eligible for the Mike Allred original art piece is April 16th. We're gonna be announcing the winner on the on the show that comes out on April nineteenth. So if you if you're not a member yet and you want to be and you want this page of original art, you want to be eligible for it, become a member before April sixteenth. We're gonna be doing more giveaways like this, uh, so definitely you can expect it in the future. So become a member now, don't wait. And we really want to thank everybody who's become a member, but we still need more. You know, four dollars a month, ten dollars a month. That's the price of a comic or two. Yeah. Like it's not that you know. Like and, and we're doing we're doing everything for iFanboy free. It will always be free. We're never gonna charge you for the content, but we do need your support to help keep the lights on. So if please. If you were thinking about it at all, this this yep. would really would really help. Now would be the time. It's tax season. We know it's tough. The economy. <laughs> but come on, you're buying these comics. Speaking so. of tax season, I got a letter from the IRS saying you owe money from 2005. Oh, that's like not a good. Like a hundred bucks. I was like, come on. <laughs> they need every penny. Right now, yeah. They yeah. need right every now, penny. Yeah. <laughs> right now. Yeah. Well, seriously. In comparison, drop in the bucket. I know, yeah. but it's just like. Oh, I know. Yeah. That's that's. I'm a podcaster professionally. IRS. <laughs> you. In addition to this audio show, every week we do a video show on ifanboy.com and revision3.com/ifanboy. This past week, it, it was the Top Cow Show, and this coming week, it's a show about costumes. We talk about superhero costumes, our favorites, our least favorites, the goofy I, ones, the fun ones. Hypothetically, that's the next episode. No, is it's, it Josh? It's going to, listen, it's going to happen. <laughs> you can good about this one. And actually, it depends on where you are. Sometimes it's, it's, it's Wednesday morning, it's well, not, basically night. Basically, Revision 3 changed the, the way they released the shows, and now they get released overnight uh, well, between Tuesday, Tuesday and Wednesday. It comes out yep. about 11 p.m. East Coast time, yeah. Tuesday. But that's not... It's so not we're just going to say Wednesday. Yeah, look for it on Wednesday but morning. if you're up late... You could check Tuesday it. You could check or it, yeah. if, you're in, if, you're on, if you're in like Hawaii, yeah. it'll be like Tuesday afternoon. But, right. You know. That's so, true. But it comes out on Wednesday. For both so of you in Hawaii, thank you. That's <laughs> perfect. If you still want to get one of the blue iFanboy intern t-shirts, you can do that at revision3.com slash store. You can go pick one of those up for the low convenient price of $15.99. And you can send us an email, contact at iFanboy.com. We, oh, you can call us 888-FANBOYS, 3262697. And, you know, when you do that, make it short, leave your name and where you're from. Get to the point, man. And if you like us, and the point is, is to go to iTunes and write a review, because we're so close to 400 reviews, and Around Comics is not. Yes. And so I want to remind everybody 
I fanboy around comics. Listen, I fanboy. Last week fanboy. you heard us talking about around comics, yeah. and the fact is, we don't like them. No, we don't <laughs> and, like. And I think it's drunk I, think, I think it's time that we come clean. We don't this, like their then, stupid faces. You know, it's, <laughs> like it's, it's. Let's be honest. It's been a friendship of convenience at this point. It's true. You it's know, true. I mean, Chris. You know, Chris likes to buy the drinks when we go drinking with him. And so that's I'm fine. like, yeah, that's fine. And please, everybody listening to this, don't tell them. And when that's I, the key. We can't let around comics know about this. I email Tom during the day, and it's really out of spite. Yeah, really. Yeah, right. It's not, I don't do it because I like yeah. Doctor. It's out of spite because yeah. he's he's really not. And I think you could take Sal. I think I you think, could. I think I've you could. Yeah. been with them, and it is in not a, in a pleasant. In a biblical sense? No. It wasn't pleasant. Intimately. I've been in the same room. They're, Was they're, it rough? Was it rough They trade? don't smell good. No, no. <laughs> and the thing is, honestly, do you want to listen to a podcast that doesn't smell good? No. No, no, no. Because the thing is, I fanboy. Smell smells great. pretty nice. We are, smell like roses. We're, we're delightful. You smell like lavender today. Yeah, yeah thank you. If I would do that right now. If you get near their microphones, yeah. it's 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 an unholy stink. Yeah, this no. is like uh, just smegma. And the, no. and the one thing about around comics that I don't like is that they don't take things too far. Or I fanboy, we do. <laughs> yes, we so, go too far. <laughs> so until next week, I'm Ron. I'm Connor. I'm Josh. And thank God I'm not Chris Neesman. I know. He's the worst of them all. <laughs>